Heat injuries. The disorders of hyperthermia, also known as heat-related injury or illness, exist on a continuum, which is marked by dysregulation of the body's thermoregulatory capacity. This condition can vary both in presentation and severity, from benign conditions including heat cramps and heat edema to life-threatening hyperthermia, also known as heat stroke. It is essential to be able to identify and manage these conditions appropriately as moderate hyperthermia can progress to life-threatening heat stroke. As such, including these injuries in medical decision-making, prompt identification, and appropriate treatment is important. This article will also review the epidemiology, including at-risk populations, red flag features of patient presentations, treatment options and strategies, and preventative techniques, which play a significant role in decreasing the morbidity, mortality, and health care costs associated with these injuries. Etiology. Humans are homeotherms which means we are organisms capable of maintaining our body's temperature in specific range. While baseline body temperature is between 36.5 to 37.5 degrees Celsius, also known as 97.7 to 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit, the body has mechanisms to address temperatures between 35 to 41 degrees Celsius, 90, or 95 to 105 degrees Fahrenheit, after which we can no longer self-regulate and compensate for external thermal loads. The body's core temperature is the sum of metabolic heat production, mechanical work, and heat exchange with the environment. A balance between internal and external variables, such as levels of meta metabolically active hormones, external temperature and humidity, and the amount of environmental convection, affects the body to cause either a net gain or net loss of temperature. Heat exchange with the environment also occurs through evaporative, convective, conductive, and radiative loss. As external temperature and humidity rise, radiation and conduction become ineffective, and evaporative dissipation of heat is the primary means by which the body can cool itself. This process is monitored and affected through sensory receptors. Thermoreceptors found in the skin, organs, and spinal cord relay in damn it. Thermoreceptors found in the skin, organs, and spinal cord relay information via afferent nerves to the preoptic area of the hypothalamus. This response causes autonomic and behavioral changes that help correct body temperature back to baseline. Physiologic changes include vasodilation of blood vessels with the majority of flow occurring primarily in the peripheral arteriovenous anatomies. The highest concentration of AVA are present in the glabous tissues, which include the feet, hand, and face, and as such are important in areas to address during the treatment of rapid cooling. Other physiologic changes include an increased rate of sweat production via sympathetic cholinergic receptors and decreased metabolism leading to decreased internal heat production. It also elicits behavioral modifications, but these are under voluntary control. Examples of these include a desire to seek shade or shelter, use air conditioning or forced convection with fans, and loosen clothing or shed insulating layers. As these are under voluntary control, individuals are at an increased risk for heat illness when they ignore impulses either consciously or subconsciously. An example of this are athletes who push themselves to train in hot conditions or in elderly patients who do, may not possess access to air conditioning units during heat waves or the means to evacuate from an unsafe environment. Comorbidities Mental status changes and medications may also play a role in limiting a person's response to exposure to a hot environment. Epidemiology. 
Heat illness is a common issue experienced worldwide. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, have found it to be one of the number one cause of weather-related fatalities year after year. The data also has support from data published by the Centers for Disease Control. In the United States, between 2001 and 2010, a network of 20 states who had a total of 28,133 hospitalizations for heat illnesses, with the majority of cases occurring in males and persons over 65 and older, of the participating states, the majority of hospitalizations occurred in the Midwest and Southern states, which have consistent exposure to higher index temperatures throughout the year. Support for this concept exists from correlations found in the data set between the number of hospitalizations and the monthly maximum temperature heat index. These findings were not just limited to the United States, but also found in many other countries worldwide. There are also gender differences, with these conditions occurring more often in males. This data may be due to a disproportional number of males that engage in manual labor, including work outdoors in construction or in mine shafts, which combine physical exertion in hot environment with limited airflow. Risk factors for the development of heat-related illness include high temperature and high humidity, heat wave greater than or equal to three days of the temperature more than 32.2 degrees Celsius or 9 degrees Fahrenheit, age, older and young patients, obesity, current infection, hydration status, alcohol consumption, drugs, including but not limited to diuretics, anticholinergics, beta and calcium channel blockers, antihistamines, and amphetamines. Comorbid medical conditions including diabetes mellitus, infections, skin disorders, sickle cell trait, and cardiovascular disease. In addition to older patients who have many of the risk factors presented above, Specific population groups that are susceptible to heat-related injuries include adolescents or athletes. Although heat injury appears to be more significant in the elderly due to decreased health reserves, it frequently occurs in adolescents and teenagers during summer months, which may be due to increased participation in activities outside, including sports, athletes in general, are at considerable risk for heat illness and heat stroke which research shows the latter of these to be the third highest cause of mortality in this population. The risk of all groups of people increases in these environments, due largely to a large volume of sweat loss accompanied by clinically significant sodium and chloride loss leading to dehydration. Younger children are at a particular risk for developing heat-related injury due to multiple factors, including an increased surface area to body mass ratio, Decreased blood volume, immature thermoregulatory mechanisms, a higher set for sweat-inducing temperatures, compensation in addition to sweat or less sweat volume, slower ability to acclimate to hotter environment. Modifiable risk factors for the development of heat illness include obese body habitus, alcohol use, medication use, illicit stimulant drug use, hydration status, and avoidance of exertion in hot and humid environments. Obtaining an accurate history from the family, patient, or bystanders or first responders is of pivotal importance as this can help determine what the patient was doing when symptoms started and in what environment they were found. Symptoms of heat illness vary depending on which form of heat injury has occurred. Following our list of various heat-related injuries, heat edema, swelling and possible discomfort in the distal extremities due to vasodilation and gravity-dependent pooling of blood, 
An example of this would be an older individual who has recently arrived in an environment hotter than previously accustomed to with dependent swelling in the extremities after one or two days. Individuals may complain that gloves or shoes feel tight due to this acral feeling. Heat rash, also known as malaria or prickly heat caused by obstruction of esocrine glands during exposure of, in hot climates. The use of restrictive clothing or occlusive objects like bandages may exacerbate heat rash. Heat cramps. Involuntary spasmodic contractions of large muscle, muscle groups as opposed to an isolated muscle spasm or cramp which can occur during or after exercise. This condition is due to relative deficiency of sodium, potassium chloride, or magnesium. Other symptoms may include nausea, vomiting, fatigue, weakness, sweating, and tachycardia. There has previously been a distinction between muscle cramping due to heat exposure and cramping caused by exertion, also known as exercise-induced or associated muscle cramps. The reason for this is because research has shown that exertion-related cramping is not necessarily related to elevated body temperature. It does not occur with passive heating at rest, and it can be present during exercise in cool temperature-controlled environments. Regardless, the treatment, as described below, is the same for both cramping conditions. Heat syncope. Temporary self-limited dizziness, weakness, or loss of consciousness prolong or during prolonged standing or positional changes in a hot environment, including physical activity. Thinking is that it is due to a combination of dehydration, pooling of blood in the venous system, decreased cardiac filling, and low blood pressure, which leads to decreased cerebral blood flow. Heat stress or heat exhaustion. Symptoms usually include any combination of nausea, vomiting, dizziness, lightheadedness, irritability, headache, thirst, weakness, excessive sweating, muscle cramps, and decreased urine output in the setting of high body temperature. External temperatures may be more moderate if associated with intense physical exertion. Survey-based data sh has shown that some of the most common symptoms are headache, exhaustion, or a combination of symptoms. Body temperature is not usually elevated or above 40.5 degrees Celsius or 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat exhaustion can progress to a life-threatening heat stroke if immediate, if, if immediate interventions, including removal from the hot environment, are not carried out. Heat injury presents with similar symptomology as heat exhaustion and includes organ injury or in dysfunction, cardiac, renal, hepatic, gut, or musculoskeletal injury. Central nervous system involvement with symptoms or signs that may include seizures, gait, abnormalities, delirium, coma, etc. in the setting of elevated temperature cause concern for heat stroke as described elsewhere. Evaluation. History and physical examination may be all that is necessary to make the diagnosis. It is not that not uncommon that testing during lab, including lab work is normal. If the patient's presentation is concerning for heat stress, heat injury, or heat stroke, a core temperature should be obtained with a rectal thermometry, if clinically possible. Laboratory tests are not typically necessary unless there is a concern for electrolyte balance, significant dehydration, or organ injury or to investigate other diagnoses. Because of the risk for critical cardiovascular collapse found with progression to heat stroke, further testing may be warranted depending on the severity of clinical presentations. Treatment or management. 
In general, the initial management of heat illness involves stopping the activity and moving the individual to a cool environment, as all of these conditions will benefit from cooling. Supportive care is the recommended strategy for the benign conditions described above, including heat edema, syncope, rash, and cramps. For more serious presentations, including heat exhaustion, resuscitation should occur as typical to address con concerns that may exist for airway respiratory or cardiovascular compromise, and if present, may warrant emergent transportation to a higher level of care. Otherwise, oral rehydration with water or an electrolyte-containing drink can commence on site. Studies have previously shown that oral and IV rehydration are equivalent for the treatment of heat illness. Care should be taken not to overhydrate patients as some may be sensitive to significant volume status changes, including patients with decreased cardiac function. Specific strategies are as follows. Heat edema, elevation of the, elevated, uh, of the affected limbs and compression garments can help with dependent swelling. There is no role for diuretic medications in heat edema. Heat rash, malaria, or a staple of treatment includes the avoidance of tight-fitting clothing. Symptoms are treatable with topical lotions like calamine or steroids of mild potency like triamcinolone, 0.1% cream, which will also help with inflammation. If there's any concern for bacterial superinfection, as may be seen in the pustulosa form of the development of impetigo, Topical antibiotics should be considered with selection towards those with adequate staphylococcal coverage like musoprin. Heat cramps. The patient should cease physical activity and initiate oral rehydration. Rest and massage or passive stretching of the muscle groups have also been demonstrated to be helpful. Additional treatment with medications include diazepam, magnesium, or calcium is not effective. Heat syncope. The treatment, the treatment also includes replacement of fluid losses with a preference toward oral rehydration over parenteral rehydration. Supine positioning with leg elevation above the level of the heart can also be helpful. Orthostatic vital sign measurements can be considered an adjunct to monitor for adequate replacement in addition to the resolution of symptoms during positional changes. Heat stress, exhaustion, and injury. More aggressive measures at cooling should occur, including lukewarm water sprayed over the skin with forced air conduction to promote evaporation and consideration towards parental rehydration if the patient cannot tolerate oral rehydration due to symptoms or degree of injury. The differential diagnosis for these presentations include Infectious etiologies like tetanus, sepsis, or meningocephalitis are similar. Infectious etiologies like tetanus, sepsis, or meningoencephalitis are similar concerning alterations in mental status, body temperature, set points, and focal neurologic changes that may mimic heat-related injury. Primary metabolic abnormalities including endocrine dysfunction like thyroid storm or diabetic ketoacidosis. Neurological insults including stroke or primary seizure disorder. Toxicologic ingestions including anticholinergic syndrome, neurologic malignant syndrome, serotonin syndrome, and withdrawal symptoms. 
Specific heat injuries can also have symptoms that mimic other syndromes. For example, heat edema should not be mistaken for swelling caused by other medical conditions including hypovolemia from congestive heart failure or liver dysfunction or a deep vein thrombosis of an extremity. Heat syncope should not be confused for syncope of other etiology, including cardiogenic or other different pathologies that lead to a transient change in consciousness, such as pulmonary embolism, rupture of an, ex of an ectopic pregnancy, aortic dissection, or some environmental gas exposure. Prognosis. The prognosis for the more benign heat, heat illness described above is excellent. They are limited and resolve with removal from the hot environment and supportive care with rehydration and electrolyte replacement. Complications. The minor heat illnesses are benign and self-limited with no ongoing complications. For the more moderate heat illnesses, including heat exhaustive stress and heat injury, complications are exacerbated by a patient's age, comorbidities, and presence of organ injury, or if severe electrolyte disturbances have occurred. These patients may benefit from admission to a tertiary care center for further stabilization before discharge. Predictive factors for hospitalization include the age of equal to or greater than 65-year-old, the level of temperature elevation, alterations in mental status, and elevations in creatinine from baseline.